Hi, and welcome to the Online Education Pod, a podcast produced by Suma. I'm Alex, your host. In this week's episode, we have two new guests, Ingrid and Karin. We're going to talk about how to create digital demos. Really hope you enjoyed this episode. So Doug, it's time to roll the jingle. So welcome to the online education pod, Ingrid and Karin. Thank you. Thank you. Very nice to have you both here. I know that Ingrid, you have recorded a podcast episode before. Yes, I have. What was that about? <laughs> what was that? I don't remember. <laughs> pro- product launches, I think. Or yeah, okay. Something like that. We do a lot of that. And Karin, have yes. you participated in any podcast before? Uh, no, actually, I don't. haven't. So this is exciting. Yeah, great. So uh, can we start with uh, you, Ingrid? Who are you and what do you do at Suma? Yeah, I'm a long-timer at Suma. Um, and uh, I'm a, a business manager and a strategist at Suma, working with our uh, largest client. And I'm involved in a lot of different projects uh, together with the other colleagues and friends working with Zuma or with uh, with this customer. Yeah, that's good. And uh, Karin, who are you yes. and what do you do at Zuma? Uh, yes, uh, I'm Karin Lögden and I've been at Zuma for a decade now, but not as long as Ingrid. And um, today I work mostly as a product manager and content creator. And I'm involved in a lot of launches, videos and demo production. And you two work a lot together, right? Yes, we work very much yes, together. <laughs> yes, we do. We are a, a, a small team working with the, this client uh, all the time. <laughs> or it's a, it's not a small team, actually. It's, we are quite many. But the small team in Suma. And, yeah. And um, so you bo- both work with this client who uh, usually... They participate uh, exhibits in annual trade show, and I know that you work with many projects related to that trade show. Uh, could you, Ingrid, tell us a bit what happened when this trade show was cancelled due to the pandemic? Yes, it's actually much more than just a trade show. It's a big congress, so it uh, attracts attention from all the large uh, decision makers in the industry and uh, a lot of also different type of companies in the ICT sector and it's very influential in all it's it's what it's doing and um, normally there is uh, around 100,000 people coming to this congress uh, and there are some big halls with exhibition and and everyone is uh, talking together and showing what's the latest thing and discussing how how to take the business uh, or the industry forward and um, then uh, we do a lot of stuff for that we we really have some very busy times uh, up until that moment when it happens but uh, the last time it was supposed to happen or in, just when the pandemic broke up we we were working with as usual and then it was decided not to go there because uh, the, the pandemic broke up and it was a, a very sensible uh, decision from all the different parties taking place in that maybe that's a different question from you Alexander, but what happened was you could say that there wasn't actually much things happening besides that we didn't go there. 
because we just continued to work on the things that we had been working on for the last few months. And uh, we then, uh, and, the, and our customer, they decided to, to use everything that we have done. Basically, I would say 99% of the things that we have used and finalized, and then uh, go into much more of a digital mode. Yeah. Corin, can you walk us through how you experience it? Is it the 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 thing you do for this congress? Is it uh, did you need to rethink when uh, it's instead of being a like a physical congress where you meet in person compared to having it online? I would say that no, not really, because uh, all what we mostly produce then is demos, and these demos. Usually, it's usually a physic uh, installation, and then it's um, either <laughs> it is the same or it is a version of that one uh, that is then a restricted demo that is um, available online. And um, we have been doing these demos for so many years, so that we uh, we know that they are not um, only used at this single event; they are reusing them afterwards in customer discussions and uh, etc so they are already before the congress uh, optimized for desktop viewing and mobile viewing and what's needed so um, you can say that the the congress itself is is a starting point for all the things that needs to be discussed throughout the years and they build upon that uh, in different uh, ways to Take it out to roadshows, to customer meetings, to uh, digital seminars, to um, local events, etc. So they are from the start. That's uh, part of the equation, you could say. And also a lot of the different assets that is building up to these demos are reused and, and repurposed for other types of media. And so we try to make those reusable in several different ways. So you completed the event online that year? Well, what happened was that all the different projects and productions that we were involved with, they were all finalized and all the things that we have created have been used extensively uh, in uh, in other situations. So so even if you think that you're going to a physical event from the start, there was a, like a digital sort of use thought in from the start already. And now that was more, the, the, the focus was then sort of more on the on the digital events. But they are also used in the, in their own. Um, they have their own sort of uh, exhibition or studio where everything is up and running all the time, all the year around, and customers coming to visit. So that's also where things are used. So, Karin, could you walk us through an examples of a digital uh, product presentations you have? Developed? Yes, I can. <laughs> Uh, we yeah, Cody, maybe you can show just explain a little bit what different types of uh, yes. uh, demos there are. Yes, so um, we do a lot of digital demos, but we used to divide them into different categories, and then there are actually about four categories. So we have like the solution demos, which are interactive and content rich pieces, and then we have more. It's um, a more uh, streamlined version, which we call the digital presentations, but they are still interactive. And uh, so you can say it's an advanced uh, slide deck maybe, but, um, and then we have uh, GUI demos, which um, are, you can say it's uh, it's supposed to be a prototype 
uh, we feed with uh, real-time data, and that is to replicate selected parts of existing applications that already exists that you want to demonstrate. And then we also build something that we call Try Me Tools, and um, these are very appreciated because they allow customers, etc., to explore relevant features and benefits by uh, customizing input parameters based on their own businesses. Uh, a lot of these demos are restricted demos, gated, but then we also use uh, some of these that we actually uh, <laughs> implement on the website. So instead of just having a basic video, we sometimes embed these demos to make better experiences online. And I'd like to add two more categories, actually, mm -hmm. and, and that is the immersive demos. That it, that's also often a physical installation of some kind where you really have an immersive experience. So that is often sort of the introduction to a lot of different solution demos. So first you have the, the immersive demos that is a fuller explanation of, of a key offering area. And then from that, you can go into looking at several solution demos. Uh, that's one more category. Uh, we do a lot of those uh, and it can be, for example, a physical table with projections combined with a big screen. It can be different types of interaction um, where you can steer what's happening on the screen. And another also um, category is the value calculator, where there is a lot of uh, logic and data behind what you see on the screen. It's a little bit like the primary tools, but they are more based on, uh, for example, finding from analyst firm that uh, our customer has uh, then collected. And then you can go in there and you can uh, draw different levers and see what happens if you do different things and come up with how quickly you can uh, get a return on investment, for, ex for example, for different uh, type of uh, new features, etc. And that is really good to show the value of uh, a product or a solution. So you have these five categories of uh, different product presentations. So how six. do you six? Yeah. How do you choose between them? Like, how do you make a decision that this fits this demo? Well, well, what happens is that our customer get in touch with us, and then we start discussing what their needs are, and uh, they often know a little bit what their thoughts are. And then we discuss around that. And uh, after we had the first discussion, we produce a debrief uh, back to them. And we say, OK, based on our discussion, this is what we think you will need. And they confirm that our debrief is the, uh, according to their um, needs or their thoughts. And then uh, based on that, maybe we discuss again and we have some idea around the concept. And then after that, they confirm. And uh, then we prepare a quote, the budget estimate and the time plan and the process for the overall thing. And then we just get started with the project. So during your time at Suma, Ingrid, how do you see uh, like the development of digital pr uh, presentations and demos? How do have they uh, evolved during the last 10 years? Well, uh, I think that uh, as sort of the world becomes more advanced and there is a lot of we are all talking about how software is a greater part of a product, for example, then you really need to make it clear and understandable what the solution means. 
and then you really have to visualize and you really have to explain how things work in order to make it for the for the customer to to understand what this all means and it's especially true also at these large uh, congresses because uh, people walking around there they see a lot of different stuff they stuff they really see, maybe see a hundred different things and when they come up to you it, you must make it really easy and understandable and intuitive and you must also be able to be prepared to take a very short discussion and still give them some really useful information or you must be able to if they are very knowledgeable you must be able to have information in there that you can go deep into certain specific topics so from that perspective we have learned a lot how to produce these kind of demos so that they fulfill these kind of needs but i think we we have been working on quite advanced uh, demos for quite a long time and they've been used the same way not only at uh, the floor but also in customer meetings and and online for quite some time so karen what what do you think are the main challenges when creating digital demos and product presentations i would say that the main challenge mostly comes to the product process so ideally uh, we have all the input and um, <clears throat> it is signed off uh, internally uh, from a client and then um, we start designing we review updates accordingly and then when everyone is happy with the design it moves over to then um, programming um, but unfortunately the reality does not often look like that so it's quite common that we start producing because we know a bit about what is going into the demos and then we uh, try to be Flexible, of course, but it uh, happens <laughs> once in a while that we get to do um, updates uh, later in the processes. And that is something that, of course, is not very cost efficient. But um, we try to be flexible and we always meet the deadlines. <laughs> yeah. And do you have any tips on how to overcome these challenges? Like getting the right from the start. Yes, information and um, that we go through processes in the beginning. And I think also that our customers know all about this, but then there are a lot of different stakeholders and the reality is not always that structured that it uh, <laughs> optimally would have been. So um, but communication is always, of course, very good. So, oh. And Ingrid, about these six categories, are there anything that must be included in every DMN presentations? Any characteristics or general things? Yes, of course. Uh, you, uh, it's always important to, to prepare the demo so that it's interesting from a customer point of view. Uh, you always have to think about what's interesting for the customer. But I think also what is very important is that you should be very visual. Not a lot of text, uh, more visual content that is uh, easy to grasp, that sort of both gives the information, but also the feeling around a specific solution. So we usually put a lot of effort into creating nice visuals and a good experience. So it's usually a lot of animated animations and videos and 3D generated everything. <laughs> and uh, so is there anything you should consider, Karin, um, by making it reusable so that the content can be repurposed? Yes. So um, 
we know that there are several demos that we built several years ago and these are still being updated and um, rebuilt. So we always have that in mind when we build demos that we try to um, guide customers to, to the right solution. And we try to have that repurpose mindset. So if we see that this might be problematic, if we want to add a different use case or add new use cases, then we try to find a better solution for uh, realizing the same effect, if you can say so. It's also nice to see that a lot of, um, as Ingrid said, these demos are very uh, graphical experiences, not too much text in them. Um, but we, all the assets that goes in, it could be animations, videos, and images, etc. And these are often also then reused for other purposes. It could be anything from presentations to social assets. So. Yes, so we try to make sure that everything that goes into the demo is available for other purposes also. And uh, Ingrid, could you share some main learnings from the past 10 years working with uh, with demos and digital presentations? Yeah, I think we already have discussed some of the learnings that we have made. Uh, but uh, maybe that's to conclude then that uh, you have to have a good process where from the beginning that you, you think big and then you try to make it clearer and clearer along the way and then you work according to the process and not going back from to the start again. So everyone understands that once you've done the design and once you have done the structure then you, and go into programming, you, you can change the content. You shouldn't start uh, think over things again. And then when it comes to the demos themselves, that um, they should be very visual, easy to understand. You should have the possibility to give a very short uh, presentation based on the demo, but also go deeper if there are questions and technical experts that you meet up with. Another learning is that you can uh, tag the presentation so you can have a look at in after after how it's used and where it's used. For example, if you distribute it through a global organization, you can see which countries or areas in the world actually using the demo for, for customer meetings, etc. You should make sure that the content and assets that goes into the demo that you can reuse it for other purposes so that the, then even if it's quite costly to build a demo, then you can get the bigger value from it for, because it can be used for, for, for many different things. So that's uh, that's a few of the learnings that we have. And do you have anything to add there, Corinne, or was that a complete list? <laughs> I think that was a very good list, yes. Well, then, thank you both very much for uh, participating in this episode. Thank you for inviting us. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye-bye. Well, thank you for listening to this episode. If you like this podcast, you can subscribe to it on Spotify, SoundCloud, or you can subscribe to it on Zuma.se. Thank you very much and bye-bye.